0: Broadcasting live from our new state of the art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Deal. Welcome to Buy the Laces, My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host Trenton Cedo. How are you, Trenton? Oh man, after
1: a wild, wild game on Monday night, I cannot say I am fantastic, but I am very happy to be here with you, Bilal. How are you?
0: Likewise, Trenton. That that game had a lot of emotions, up and down, and we'll have to we'll we'll definitely dive into that as the show progresses, but. A lot, there's a lot of news to cover in as a whole. this The NFL has been uh, pretty turbulent the past few weeks. Since yeah,
1: it's been a wild time for sure. And uh, it seems like every week there's been some kind of upset somewhere in the league. Um, there definitely has been. And uh, speaking of upsets, why don't we dive into our our one very wild thing of the week, which is that NFL history was made this week three times in one game and that is because josh allen defeated josh allen by sacking him once intercepting him once and recovering one of his fumbles and if that doesn't make sense to you it is uh edge rusher josh allen for the jaguars who beat quarterback for the bills josh allen
0: where's that uh spider-man meme where you see like three different (laughs) spider man pointing at each other This is basically
1: what it was. I'm I'm sure somebody on Twitter took that meme and threw jerseys on them and (laughs) figured it out that way.
0: I'd be disappointed if they didn't.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's, it's the first time in NFL history that a player with the same name as a defender had those things happen. So this is only the fourth time in NFL history that a starting quarterback and a defensive player with the same first and last name faced off. But it's the first time in history that uh, the defensive player came away with these kinds of turnovers and plays against that starting quarterback. So props to Josh Allen, and hopefully Josh Allen can continue to (laughs) improve his game, and hopefully Josh Allen will bounce back next week.
0: What Uh, a a way to put it. I hope that made sense. (laughs) Made sense to me, but let's hope it makes sense to anyone else who's listening to this. Moving on, um, there's been a quite uh, an eventful time in Green Bay as of recently. I mean, we en- we uh, ended up last week saying that Aaron Rodgers had tested positive for COVID-19, and at the same time, he was unvaccinated, and that's to the extent that we knew of when we last had our show last uh, Wednesday. And then the whole situation basically spiraled out of control because Rogers showed up on the uh, Pat McAfee show last Friday and made some controversial comments, to say the least, and that really upset um, many people. So, what's uh, what he said, and now he's coming out to uh, basically apologize for that. But kind of the damage has been done, Trenton. And I don't think there's any way for him to walk back. And he's lost a lot of trust with fan bases, with people in general. And yeah, he may be one of the best players to ever play in the history of the league. But that really doesn't matter if you're not a good person.
1: Right. And um, I, I believe they're saying that he had broken a lot of protocols because uh as a unvaccinated player he's supposed to be masked while at press conferences and such and he was not
0: or they could do zoom press conferences but he wasn't and uh sorry to cut you off but i was watching a video yesterday i think was a clip on from first take or not first take I whatever show uh shannon uh shannon sharp and skip bayless do on on fox sports but he made a good point and he's saying how Rogers was being basically deceptive at best because if Rogers wore a mask at a press conference, it would raise the question, aren't you vaccinated? Like the way you came across and told us in the in the in the summertime, you said, quote, immunized. Now, when it comes to COVID nineteen and the world we're living in at this time, Trenton, what do you think of when someone says immunized? We're not talking about the flu shot, right?
1: No, uh, we'd be talking about the the COVID nineteen vaccine. Although I must mention, I am due for a flu shot at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you'll be immunized against COVID nineteen and the flu shot. Yes, that's true. And the flu, but and then the way he and then uh, g- the way that Shannon Sharp continued, he was like the way he then Rogers then proceeded to say, yeah, there are people on the... This is obviously paraphrasing here, but they're like, yeah, there are people on the team who who haven't gotten the vaccine, and that's their personal choice, and I'm not going to get into anything. Little did we know that Aaron Rodgers was one of those people who he didn't want to be talking about. And it's like, yeah, of course he didn't want to talk about them because you're one of those guys who... Um, and it's true that Rodgers wants to see... Now, I have nothing wrong with anyone trying to learn as much information as they can or just trying to be as smart as they can. I want to be there. I want to be able to talk about any different conversation as I can In, in multiple conversations. Do I always take the effort to learn about everything? Not really. But is it a goal of mine? Yes. And Rodgers, the way he makes it sound like, oh, I did a bunch of research, my own research. I presented papers to the NFL for like alternative treatments and how masks and vaccines probably aren't working workin in the NFL, just like dismissed my ideas as if I was like crazy. All paraphrasing just to be uh, stated here. But it's like Rodgers, it doesn't come across sometimes that Rodgers does believe he's the smartest person in the room and everyone else around him just feels like. They're not as smart. They're basically dumb. Yeah, that comes across to me sometimes, and especially the way he handled the situation, the first time around on Friday, it was like, oh, I consulted with doctors, and or I consulted with friends. Who's who? Were one of his friends, Joe Rogan, the guy who takes horse dewormer when he got COVID. I mean, when you're consulting Joe Rogan, that's a red flag in itself, and. Um, that's not uh, not someone I would consult for medical advice, obviously. But uh, what do I know? We just host a radio show, just like Joe Ho- just like Joe Rogan just hosts uh, a podcast. I don't think no one should come to us for medical advice. No one should go to Joe Rogan for medical advice either. But um,
1: yes, yeah, seek seek the advice of a qualified doctor for any any medical questions that you may have
0: yeah and so rogers missed the game and this is literally just scratching the surface because there's so much information it was a 45 minute interview last friday on the pat mcafee show and apparently he came back on the pat mcafee show on tuesday and uh mcafee who is fully vaccinated has given um this is basically like a platform throughout the season for rogers to show up to just talk which is good rogers does provide valuable insight into himself and situations around the games that he's been playing and on the show and it's been nice to see but um, I'm just imagining the Packers PR person right now. It's like, dude, you just messed up so badly the first time. Just keep your mouth closed and we can probably weather the storm but no, you have to go back and give more more interviews and just wait until and Pat McAfee is also a, basically a radio show host so he's not a trained journalist despite how entertaining his interviews can be um he's not a trained journalist so just don't wait for rogers to come back in front of the media and after the same media that rogers deceived back in august when he said i am immunized no one else thought twice about it because no one else um would have thought to think twice about it right immunized you're coming back are you vaccinated i'm immunized what, would, what else would you think? The guy You would think the guy is vaccinated, but it wasn't. And now he comes back yesterday and says that I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading. And to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. I understand that this issue in general is very charging to a lot of people because we are talking about public health. I totally respect that. I made a decision that was in the best interest based on consulting with my doctors. And I understand that not everyone, not everybody is going to understand that necessarily, but I respect everyone's opinion. The damage has been done. And yeah, he may come back. He may win games. He may even win the Super Bowl, but a large part of of his legacy is not going to be remembered for this moment and Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw over this weekend on the Fox pregame show had some pretty strong words, and I, I personally agree 100% with it, and then we can discuss after this. So let's uh, play the clip. I'd I, I give Aaron Rodgers some advice. It would have been nice if he have just come to the Naval Academy and learn how to be honest. Yeah. yeah. learn not to lie because that's what you did Aaron you lied to everyone I understand immunized what you were doing was taking stuff that would keep you from getting COVID-19 you got COVID-19 ivermectin is a cattle dewormer sorry folks that's what it is we are a divided nation politically we're a divided nation on the COVID-19 whether or not to take the vaccine and unfortunately we've got players that pretty much think only about themselves and i'm extremely disappointed in the actions of aaron Rodgers. well another thing i was and there you have it i mean that's perfectly well said by terry bradshaw he he makes the right points and what's your take on it
1: i mean it it kind of just brings me back to the start of the pandemic when it was well, right in the middle of the basketball season. And I don't remember who the basketball player was. I didn't f- I don't follow basketball. But it was the one who went in, like, after the press conference, touched all of the microphones uh, in yeah, front of him. I remember that. And then right after that, tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. And so.
0: And I this was at a time where we didn't know anything about the virus. It was like, I don't think we had technically, quote, unquote, shut down yet. We were just, like, getting there, but we didn't know, and so...
1: Right, and I mean, Rogers has been unmasked at all of these press conferences and pretending as though he were vaccinated and doing the protocols for players who are supposed to be vaccinated, and if any of these reporters had anybody at home or anybody they were in contact with who were immunocompromised or maybe their kids or... Or whatnot, and it's just, it's a bad situation for him and all of them to be in, just because of the risks involved.
0: Yeah, Um. I mean, apparently he followed the protocols in secret for unvaccinated people, because it never got out until now that he was unvaccinated. And even it wouldn't have gotten out he if he was unvaccinated, if he wasn't immediately placed on the 10-day list like the waiting period because apparently he was wearing masks in the facilities was getting daily testing so the Packers knew about it but it never got out and his thinking kind of was like I'm in a room with reporters and everyone there is vaccinated everyone's wearing a mask and then why do I need to wear a mask it's like that's not how this works like you and I we're in a sound booth right now or a a recording studio you're you're double masked i'm wearing one mask we're both vaccinated but we're still wearing a mask and we're everywhere we go within these buildings here we're everyone here is vaccinated that was a requirement to come back to school was to get vaccinated we're all vaccinated but we're all wearing masks in our classrooms in the hallways in the elevators everything so it's 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 more about Caring for others and not being selfish, which is apparently he didn't get the memo for that.
1: Yeah, and I I just found it interesting. I forget who tweeted it out, but um, it was that you know Kirk Cousins is has been strongly uh, and openly against vaccines, and same thing for. For Cole Beasley, Mm -hmm. and they had, and whoever had written this tweet, basically said, "At least, at least they were upfront about it," whereas Aaron Rodgers, just, completely blew it off.
0: I mean, you and I are in favor of vaccines. I mean, obviously we got the vaccine. We've been in favor of masks the whole time during this pandemic too, and when it came out that Kirk Cousins, Cole Beasley, Carson Wentz all these players who are unvaccinated, but they came, like you said, they came out and they said it. Even though Kirk Cousins had that crazy idea of barricading himself in plexiglass wherever he sits. That was was fascinating. I mean, whatever. But at least you see, um, and people have been saying, like for Carson Wentz per se, it's like, he comes back on the sideline. He wears a mask. He does his. He meets people after the game. He wears a mask. He's in an interview. He's wearing a mask. So, yeah, they chose not to get vaccinated, but at least at the same time they're following the proper protocols. They don't think they're above the above everyone else, which is exactly what uh, Rogers thought he was because he was trying to basically protect his secret instead of just letting people know that I, I'm not vaccinated. I'm going to be following these separate procedures. And that would have been the end of it. Like, uh, how many times have we cared about Carson Wentz, Cole Beasley, Kirk Cousins since the initial um announcement they were not gonna get vaccinated? We haven't like even when Cam got COVID, he was unvaccinated at the time. But and it was a story for some time. But then he went and got vaccinated and we forgot about it and we didn't we didn't care any better. Anymore Because he wasn't impacting anyone else. The damage had been done. But in terms of damage, the Packers have been fined $300,000 for their lack of implementation of COVID policies. And Rodgers and Alan Lazard have been fined um, $14,650 each for violations of the league and NFL Players Association protocols. So at least there is some accountability.
1: Yeah, but of course, to to an organization like the Packers and to players that are starters in the league, that kind of money means nothing.
0: It does. It doesn't, but um, I don't know, For but in, in terms of fines that go, 300000 for an organization is, is pretty steep. Like, I mean, they're not trying to break your bank account. They're charging you something that you know you can pay, and if you Violated again. Obviously, the fine would probably be higher. But just to fine the organization, three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, the Patriots got fined, I think, a million dollars for gate But that's its own separate issue. But um, yeah, and also Rogers and Lazard, their fines are basically coming for they for a Halloween party that they attended, and it was. When was this Halloween party? I think it was around the time, on or before Halloween, when this party happened. And then Rogers shortly caught COVID after that. So, um, since they're both unvaccinated, according to this article, unvaccinated players are basically prohibited from attending gatherings outside of team facilities. So Lazard and Rogers, unvaccinated, attended a Halloween party, and that's where the fine came. Fa- fine came from.
1: Yeah, well, it's a—it's uh, definitely a rough look for them and for the Packers' organization. And, I mean, it also puts them in a position where they're, I mean, they've lost a game now because they had to throw Jordan Love out there.
0: As the oh, man, that that was a disaster from the beginning. If that's the future of Green Bay, then I am happy. Compared <laughs> to how the future of Chicago is looking right now, I'm taking our guy... Over, um, over their guy anytime, and they traded up to get him. I think, uh, I don't know if we have it on the on the outline to talk about that game, but if we, if we don't, we uh, should still squeeze it in for a moment, cause that that's a that's a that, that was quite a that quite a game to watch and a lot of joy.
1: All right. Well, uh, we'll see if we can fit in time for it then. All
0: right. Moving on the list. Uh, now for Aaron Rodgers, we have uh the Raiders signed a new wide receiver yeah because they're they're kind of uh
1: they they lost a wide receiver in henry ruggs as we we discussed last week and they need that speed option and deshaun jackson had been available and so they they went for him but i mean it's not the it's not a good look for the raiders who are currently having just about the craziest season that you could ever expect after they have lost their head coach, now they've lost one of their wide receivers. And additionally, this week, they've had to release a former first-round pick in Damon Arnett, who's a cornerback, who was uh, also not really having a good time off the field after he was videoed waving a gun around and threatening to kill somebody on social media, which is, um, if, if you're not aware, that's a kind of a big no-no. Kind of? Yeah, kind of. And it's not it's not the first time he's had off-the-field issues in his rookie season. In about the span of a month, he crashed four rentals cars. That's If, if you're not aware, that's also something that one should not do, and maybe that should be this looked is into. This
0: segment is brought to you by Trenton's list of what not to do.
1: Yeah, and he's also currently facing several lawsuits for a car accident that occurred last October. So it's, it's, not, it's not good for him. And it's, I mean, you hope that a player like this is able to get the help that they need in, in turning their life around. But, I mean, when you're a pro football player and y- the team needs to be competitive and uh, the team already has been facing so many distractions this season, they feel they can't afford to keep him on the team while he's doing things like this. So, I mean, it's part of it is that it is a business league, but also you know, you as a player and as somebody who fans will look up to and whatnot, you need them to be a better role model.
0: I mean, so. these players are investments, right? Businesses make investments in projects all the time and if an investment is turning out not to pan out, you gotta cut ties with it as soon as you can bef- to cut your losses, before you're really in the deep when you can't uh, can't regain anything. So it's unfortunate what's happened with the Raiders. with their past two first-round picks have basically not on the team anymore and have had um, off the field issues. They've been great on the field, but it's a it's a package deal, right? We can't just ignore what happens off the field and keep you on the field. So. Um, a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of turmoil down in Vegas, and part of the scrutiny comes, Trenton, is that the team does play in Vegas now. Like that was a concern when they were moving. It's like, could we have a team in Vegas? And
1: because there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of distractions in Vegas already. Yes, that.
0: and we don't. The team doesn't need any more. Um, there was a tweet the other day i was reading a thing it was albert breer from sports illustrated he's like um something like the nfo just basically or it has to come under consideration that there's some p- not not to say this is the case in this situation but th- in in a broad speaking terms um is that when it comes to signing players to Vegas' team, the Raiders must realize they are just some people in general who probably can't function in that city. And, and compared to Miami, I think uh, Miami's a pretty uh, crazy place in itself when it wants to be. So there's a situation that teams that are in these type of markets that are have this reputation need to take in consideration when they're picking or drafting someone, signing a free agent. Yeah, this player might be great for our team, but do they have the discipline to um, contain themselves off the field, especially if they'll be spending like nine months of the year or something in this city, living here, working here, playing here? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Well, let's uh, move on to news of better better players it's uh Joel Batonio who is the guard for the Browns who has long been one of the better offensive linemen in the league has been signed to a three-year 48 million extension through 2025 which is great for the Browns I mean they have a great running attack and they need this kind of consistency at the offensive line to, to keep that Kevin Stefanski offense rolling
0: Hey, good players get rewarded. So mm-hmm. good for him. And Cleveland Cleveland has the structure in place to be a great team. And <laughs> they uh, which is weird to say. I mean, based off of Cleveland's struggles the past what, twenty years?
1: Uh, for basically our entire lives you probably could not say that about the Cleveland Browns, and now you can, which is crazy.
0: I mean, last time the we Cleveland Browns had this much success, Bill Belichick was their head coach. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of, I mean, it just me that Bill Belichick was the coach of the Cleveland Browns at one point, but. Uh, yeah, well, you know who else Bill Belichick was a coach for? The Jets. The Jets. The J-E-T-S Jets Jets Jets, J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.
1: And they have named Mike White the starting quarterback against the Buffalo Bills, who have just lost against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, the
0: NFL is a crazy league. Which
1: means, does Mike White have a chance to become the guy instead of Zach Wilson for the Jets? Wait, is this
0: the Hall of Famer, Mike White?
1: It is the Hall of Famer.
0: Or at least Mike his jersey White. that's in the Hall <laughs> of Fame. Jersey without a body.
1: Are you saying that the jersey has made him into a Hall of Fame player? And Well, that jersey
0: has gone now. That jersey is. He might have to go break into the Hall of Fame and get that jersey back just to get that to get the juice is again. Who is it?
1: Who is it that gave uh, the Hall of Fame their like thigh pads or something? Was it Peyton Manning? Who I don't remember. Who uh, who gave the thigh pads to the Hall of Fame, and then once he came back out of retirement, he's like, "Hey y'all, I kind of need those back because those are s- specially fit for me."
0: I uh, I don't know. We'll uh. All right. Well. Looking. I'll look into it as we continue.
1: <laughs> All right. Well. In other news, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has cleared waivers. He was released. It was Brett Favre. Oh, it was Brett Favre. Okay, wrong wrong quarter- wrong old aging quarterback who is Hall of Fame quarterback. According to the said.
0: Hall of Fame's website, this is the only artifact or football equipment to go and display at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and then be sent back to the, play, to the field of play. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you can't. You can't go back to football without your trusty thigh pads.
0: Point, point taken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Odo Beckham Jr. has cleared waivers. Uh, Browns didn't want him, and he didn't want the Browns. And uh, there was a little bit of a rumor floating around that the Seahawks might want to take him, and Odo Beckham Jr. is reportedly interested in the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Saints as potential teams potential contenders that he would uh be interested in joining which is uh, the list seems about right um i i was going to say maybe he'd want to be with the uh, the cardinals but at the same time the cardinals already have like four starting wide receivers in their top 4 so
0: i mean they're in a good position they're leading the nf they're leading the nfc I believe they still have the best record, right? 8-1. uh, Something like that, because the Rams lost. And Packers lost, too. So Packers lost, yeah. I mean, it's dan- it'd be a dangerous receiving group if Odell goes to join. And it's a good thing no one claimed him off for waivers, I believe. Let the guy choose where he wants to go. Um,
1: And also, nobody wants to absorb the rest of his yeah, contract.
0: That was probably a big turn in itself. I think... And it helps the Browns too. They only have to pay a portion of it now because no one else is paying for it. But
1: and once he was gone, Baker had basically one of the best games of the season.
0: So was it really Baker's fault? Yeah, or was it, it really just Odell the whole time, just bringing the bad vibe to the bu- to the building.
1: It's hard to say.
0: The best quarterback Odell's played with was
1: uh, Eli Manning. <laughs> Eli, <laughs> M- <laughs> I mean.
0: How many other has he played with? That's true. Um, yeah. People are saying, or not people are saying, but just in general, it feels like the spectacle of Odell just got really overhyped after that catch. That catch, yeah. The catch. I mean, he's been defined by that one play for as long as, As you know, like anyone who in the backyard now, you toss up a ball and you're running and you catch with one hand, like oh O'Dell, right? Or like it's what Kobe was like. You take a crumbled up ball and you throw it into a trash bin, and and they're like, oh, it's Kobe. And uh, I mean, I'm not putting O'Dell on Kobe's level, and obviously two different sports, but just to say that he's been defined by that play forever, and I don't know, maybe it's just too much to handle.
1: Yeah, and uh, (laughs) that reminds me that the only thing many people remember Josh Norman for is his beef with Odell on the field back in the days when Norman was with the Panthers and Odell was with the Giants, but that's that's a little sidetrack. Let's go into a little bit of injury news, what do you say? Go for it. Well, the the main thing here is, number one, biggest news, Dr. Steve Shin. Has performed. Who performs the finger surgery on Russell Wilson? Has officially cleared him to play against the Packers, which is crazy. Russell Wilson makes his triumphant return to the starting lineup. It's. I, uh, mean,
0: I mean, nobody expects this to happen like this early. We knew, we all knew Russell Wilson was coming back. We've all seen Russell Wilson's workout video of him practicing, but um, to see him come back this fast and be. Um, ready to go it's uh it's it's amazing it's amazing and you have to really uh read uh his s- the doctor's statement and uh i want to put this right in here for you uh if you would don't mind because reading the reading the words on this really tells you h- how uh, russell wilson really took a care of his recovery and we all knew he was a dedicated player and he loves the game but this is telling
1: Oop, I've uh I've opened the wrong link.
0: <laughs> Come on, Trenton.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> Technology is not my first language. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Um doo doo doo, doo doo doo. Uh, where is it? Although this is uncharted territory, is that the line you're looking for? Go for it. All right, there's a statement from Dr. Shin. that said, although this is uncharted territory, I have never in my career seen such a severe injury to the throwing hand of an NFL quarterback. I have also never encountered a player so committed to his post-operative therapy and with so much conviction to return to the same, if not better, level of performance as he had pre-injury. I am absolutely amazed at his progress, so much so that I can confidently clear him for full return to play without reservation.
0: And there you have it. Now, sometimes people put out these statements just to uh, hype up the player and they're exaggerating. But for someone like Russell Wilson, I believe it 100%. Because the way he cares about the game, the way he's never missed a start in his entire career, and he's been playing for, I think, what, this is his ninth year? 2012 is when he came in he's been and the way he fought to get the starting job in the first place um I mean he was a third round draft pick the guys always had the always had the drive and always won succeed and he's always had success for the most part so it doesn't surprise me at all and it'd be great for him to come back this week and win the game not just he's not because he's playing the packers no that's not my only reason maybe it is <laughs> but maybe it is but uh, no it'd be nice but uh, speaking of success of teams we gotta check out the power and r- the updated power rankings
1: wow and this is gonna be an interesting list I think
0: all right take it away
1: all right well we have this is the this is the week from before, I think.
0: <laughs> oh, come on.
1: I'm sorry. Like I said, technology. All right, here we go. This is the Week 10 Power Rankings that we've got here. And we How have... How about that? Yes, we, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. We have the Arizona it's Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals at number one moved up to two spots from number three. And this is after their win without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins. It was a special performance by Colt McCoy.
0: Man, that's a a throwback right there. Exactly.
1: Been in the league for just about forever. All right, at rank number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers move up three spots up from number five. Tennessee Titans move up six spots after their stunning defeat of uh, the Rams on Sunday Night Football.
0: That was unexpected, but...
1: Yep, rank number three now up from number nine. Green Bay Packers have dropped... Three spots from... Only three? Yes, from number one to number four after Jordan Love has a underwhelming performance.
0: Yeah, that's putting it lightly.
1: Dallas Cowboys have dropped three spots from number two to number five after they put up a not-so-great performance against the Broncos.
0: Man, you're being really light on these performances. Today. <laughs> like are they paying you to be not that harsh? <laughs>
1: At number six, The Baltimore Ravens have moved up one spot from number seven at number seven Los Angeles Rams have dropped down one spot previously number six the Buffalo Bills after their (laughs) 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 all right right. Buffalo Bills after their catastrophic loss to the Jaguars are you happy now (laughs) 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 catastrophic loss to the Jaguars they are now ranked number eight down four spots from number four the L.A. Chargers have moved up three spots to number nine previously at number 12. And the Cleveland Browns are at rank number 10, moved up six spots from rank 16 after Cleveland's offense put up some crazy numbers over the Bengals.
0: I mean, just let Nick Chubb run the ball 70 yards down the field for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, why not? Just just that easy.
0: <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> uh, if you had Nick <laughs> Chubb on your team he probably be doing the same thing for you guys or for you too but um,
1: yeah and something else i want to throw out here is that the new england patriots on the back of a rookie quarterback have moved up four spots from number 15 to be at rank 11 just outside of the top 10 and that is that's that's a sneaky move that is saying
0: something considering where the patriots were early on in this season yeah, but to be at this point in the year and having a record of five and four with a rookie quarterback is got to make Bill Belichick happy.
1: And look, they are five and four. The Buffalo Bills are five and three. They are right in there. Patriots for like
0: we gave you the we gave you the top spot for one year, but we're coming back to reclaim our throne.
1: Right, and I mean, right now at least, Mac Jones looks like the guy for them, which is crazy.
0: He's the guy. And could we have expected that at the beginning when they drafted him? No. We would have thought he would have sat for a year. Let Cam play. And then Cam... Cam kind of... uh, He didn't work. He didn't work. He was... I don't know how else to put it. Um, Didn't work. They moved on. And the Patriots got the better end of that deal. So... Yep. The top 10 is relatively the same as it was, but the Browns snuck in.
1: The Browns did sneak in, yes. And
0: the Chargers. And
1: and it's interesting that right now the Chiefs are outside of the top 10, but, I mean, judging by f- how the offense has performed recently, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird that Patrick Mahomes is doing so uncharacteristically bad and that it's the defense that's carrying him, <laughs> even though – for a, such a long time, it was the other way around.
0: He's not doing so well, Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still in. They're still in it at five and four. They're still in the Broncos are catching up to them, though in the division. Um, the the Raiders are playing well, and the Chargers. The, the, that whole division is playing well. It's kind of uncharacteristic, though, of that division in itself. Usually, you just see the Chiefs running away with it, but. Um, the the Saints dropped out of the top ten, went down to thirteen. They were number eight before. Raiders dropped out of the top ten, went down to fifteen. They were number ten. A lot of lot of teams dropping out from where they were higher up. Bengals dropped five spots. Broncos moved up six spots, so they're moving up, and this is apparently the Vaughn Miller situation. Maybe gave him some boost. <laughs>
1: Did it now? Is it is this now a a trend of
0: getting rid of your star players and playing better without them? Exactly. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see who the next big player is to go to go if there is one.
1: Yeah, um, that's true.
0: We'll see. Bears moved up one spot to twenty three, so it's probably um probably due to the performance of Justin Fields, which we'll get into in a moment. But uh, that is um. A good, a good, that was a good performance from the rookie quarterback in our hostile environment against a good team. Um, getting to that moment again. And the f- closing off here the 49ers dropped seven spots, which Oof. is a huge drop, man, from 17 to 24.
1: So big.
0: And the Jaguars moved out three spots. So they beat the team by three points by only, by only scoring nine points. And you move up three spots.
1: Yeah, but it was a it was a very hard fought win to pull that off against an offense like the Bills. So,
0: and Trent, I'd like you to do the honors of announcing who the thirty second best team in the NFL is.
1: Uh could it be the Houston Texans? How'd you know? Well, because it was either them or the Lions. But even the Houston Texans, one win on the season, cannot account for the Detroit Lions being 0-8. So <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. It's uh man, it's it's not good for the Houston Texans. And honestly, I don't know when the next time it will be good for them. They got Terod
0: Taylor back and then that and didn't help.
1: Yeah. Sadly. I mean I I love Terod Taylor and he's he's great. He deserves a chance to be great somewhere. I He's don't see that team. happening with the Texans. Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. I think uh, they updated the quarterback rankings this week for once. For on once, time, yes. But I feel like we should just skip over it. We got a, we got a lot to cover in terms of the Bears game. Let's let's just go
1: straight into the Bears game. We got a
0: lot to get off our chest here.
1: Yes, I know. In terms of the zebras. <laughs> I know I will uh, <coughs> I'll let you go first, because I know you have a lot to talk about, and uh, likely I will be
0: agreeing. Podcast and radio show hosts are not allowed to get fined, right? <laughs> like, we're not <laughs> under the jurisdiction of the NFL?
1: No, but we are under the jurisdiction of uh, radio broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, but
0: they can't <laughs> fine us for talking bad about officials, can they? Wow. Well, all right, let's let's just <laughs> test the waters in it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see how this works. All there right, we go. <laughs> Again, this game was full of too many penalties. This game was filled of some of the penalties. I will say were dumb, like they
1: were offsides. Robert Quinn twice, twice
0: in what a matter of a couple minutes or a couple plays or something like that. And it was like
1: and a lot of these penalties were in the fourth quarter weren't they
0: fourth quarter and when the bears had a chance to win the game like at some point you needed like the offense was sputtering as it kind of often does but at one moment i'm watching this game like something needs to happen here we need a defensive touchdown or we need a special teams touchdown and we got a we got a special teams touchdown
1: but but only after we coughed up the ball on special teams ourselves.
0: See, turnovers kill us, as they always do. But um, the one interception that Fields threw was not his fault at all. It was just a batted-down pass that just happened to land in the hands of defender. And the thing is that what really hurts us is when we give the opponent a short field position. And that's really killed us the past few games that we've lost. If that didn't happen, which and now I'm talking like in my head, I'm like, yeah, Captain Obvious. Of course, that won't uh, help your team. But in that situation, if the Bears do not turn the ball over, the Steelers are not where they are. I believe it's roughly around their own hour uh, 30-yard line. And they went ahead to score for a touchdown on that possession. Mm-hmm. If they don't score that, if we don't allow that happen, they don't score that and the score isn't they – d- they don't score. And we don't have to worry about – Digging ourselves out of that deep of a hole, but when it comes down to penalties, the play in the end zone when we th- when Justin Fields throws a touchdown to Jimmy Graham, apparently James Daniels gets flagged for a penalty that uh, trying to like low block a player outside of the tight end of box, and he
1: barely even made contact with his leg. He completely. He didn't.
0: I don't think he even made contact. He, he totally whiffed, and he was in the tight end box the whole time my perspective and it's like he rolls on the ground tries to get him but he misses him it's like what do you what do you what are you throwing a flag for here he didn't touch him like uh, it's um that wipes a touchdown off the board we end up kicking a field goal there's four points gone right there because um but the worst one of all was the taunting penalty at the end of the game, when I believe we were, I don't remember the score, but it was it was tight. I think it's either either 23-20 or 20 something like 23-20. And the Bears defense sacks Roethlisberger on a third down. And they're about to punt the ball away, ready to go. And out of nowhere comes a taunting penalty. For what
1: reason? I mean, initially I thought it was the karate kick. But at the same time I was like, but well, why would it be for that?
0: He didn't say a word. He okay. The situation who was it? It was Cassius Marsh Marsh is his name, right? Cassius right. Marsh. Mm-hmm. He's a defender who just got called up from the practice squad and got his first NFL sack, I believe. And it was at like, the biggest moment in the whole game. And the Steelers are kick the ball away, punt it over to the Bears. And very good chance the Bears could have won that game if they got possession then. And Marsh just happens to be looking at the sideline of the Steelers. And Correnti throws a taunting call. Like, what? He didn't even say anything. His mouth was closed the whole time.
1: Because it hurt their feelings.
0: So what? I'm not. So I can't even look at you now, Trenton. You're looking at me right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss a. I'm gonna toss a flag.
1: Yeah. Next, next thing we see is that, uh, Matt Nagy is gonna be glaring at the other coach from the opposite sideline. Oh, the ref taunting! Is gonna look at it and go. He's glaring with intent, taunting.
0: Trenton, did you ever watch Arthur when you were little? Uh,
1: only a few times.
0: All right. There, Arthur's little sister, called D.W. named D.W. She's so annoying at times, but DW, what was it, four years old in the show, and there's a moment that I always remember in the show. She yells, and she's like, Mom, Arthur's looking at me, and it's like, she's complaining to their mom that Arthur is looking at her. It's like, that's basically what happened in that situation.
1: Yep. It's uh, there's a lot of things that <laughs> cannot be explained. There's
0: there's an amazing uh piece. I'm gonna see if I can find it, and if we have time to play it. Uh, but Ryan Clark, if you I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but pres- um, uh, describing the situation and how um, he there I found it, and it's better if I you just listen to it. Say it's, it's a 44 second clip, so. We can just play it for our listeners here, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll get any final thoughts on the game, and we'll pick our, pick our picks. But uh, let's listen to it, because he, he put it eloquently.
1: I think you can't make this call subjective. If there's going to be certain rules or certain things that are definitive. officiated in this, they need to be definitive. I need to know that I can't stare at people. I need to know that I can't flex my muscles. I need to know that what I've worked my entire life to do, the thing that I've stayed up from five in the morning till midnight Talk every to single one. night, the thing that I've gotten therapy and needles stuck from my neck to my ankles, the reason I've been in cold tubs and hot tubs every single morning, and the reason I've ran through film 80 million times was cause, so I can make that one play. That mm. one play. You mean to tell me on that one play I got to calm all that down that went into this because somebody who can't do what I do, who ain't never done what I've done mm. and don't know what this feeling is like gets offended by it? And I wish I freaking would.
0: And that's a perfectly put way of how of how anyone feels in that situation. Like, I, it changes the outcome of the game and the referees can't have this much power. Like, Again, it's a subjective play. There's no definitive, like, when it comes to a catch, no catch type of thing, yeah, we can go review it. We can see if the ball was caught. We can see if it was juggled. We can see all that stuff. But when it comes to taunting, uh, who's to say that one thing is taunting, one thing isn't taunting?
1: This is kind of like when they made pass interference reviewable.
0: That was a disaster.
1: Because then, I mean... It's kind of like holding, right? There's, they say, there's holding on every play. It's just whether you call it or not.
0: And some plays holding is really obvious,
1: right? And some plays it's not. But when you make pass interference, interference reviewable. Sometimes, when you slow it down, it looks more like pass interference than when it looks when you're playing it in live action. Yeah. So it's, it's just difficult.
0: Again, twelve penalties in a game is way too much for any team. But a lot of these, yeah, there's got to be a lot of discipline that's got to be cleaned up. Which good thing, but coming into a bye week right now, and see the 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 team is progressing in a good direction, even though we haven't won games in some time. Justin Fields is there now. He's ready now. I've been saying before that he wasn't ready and wasn't. uh, uh, We shouldn't have started him when we did, but. I'm going to take that back now and say that that was probably the right time to start him because of those mistakes that he made. And now he's able to, like you see the San Francisco game that he played. He played well in that game. You see this game where he literally almost led us back to win the game. He was composed. He made the throws he needed to. He ran when he needed to. He took some unnecessary hits that he shouldn't have. And the refs didn't call that either. He even brought it up in his press conference. He's like, Big Ben just got this call like a few plays ago. Why aren't you calling it for me? I'm just asking for fairness here. And, of course, the refs did not grant him some calls. But uh, he's he's on the right track. This is a good time to go into a bye week. I think rest up, get some players healthy. Um, just take the week off and come back and do it. And I think we have a good chance of playing, I think we have the Ravens up next, and we got the Lions up next. I think after a week off, I think we can put together a good plan at home against the Ravens to come across with a victory. I mean, and then the Lions are hopefully still the Lions at that point. So, put two wins together. Five and six, still doable. It's still doable. Yeah, you you have a good point there. Uh, Time to... uh. Close out the show with some picks. All
1: right. It's, uh, below, it's, it's gotten real close. And this is the week. How close? This is the week that you have pulled even. Uh, you went eight and six last week. I went six and eight this, or last week. And, uh, we are both currently at 84 and 52 on the season, which is quite. Quite interesting.
0: Now, if any, uh, no one knows this, but I'm going to say this. Before the the show, we run through our prep and everything, and I had to, and I keep my own tallies of how many games I pick because I have this uh, family spreadsheet with a few members of my family who we pick every game with. And I had myself at 84 and 52. And what does Trenton have me have? Trenton had me at one game back at 83 And 53, I believe, what it was. And I'm like, Trenton, something doesn't seem right here. Then we had to go back. Trenton had been keeping some score and keeping me one game back for the past, like, two or three weeks.
1: Well, to be fair, I also had myself one game back as well because I did not count that Packers game for me either. Well,
0: we shall, uh, I think it's all part of Trenton's deliberate plan to his scheme to, uh... Just uh, make sure that he remains ahead. But anyway, <laughs> this is the week I have caught up, as Trenton has just said, and we will see where this takes us from here. We're back to we're back to even now. So,
1: new season,
0: new season at the halfway point of the NFL season. NFL. So, first game up on the docket: Ravens at Dolphins. Who are you taking? I'm
1: taking the Ravens.
0: I'm taking the Ravens as well. Uh, the Bills at the
1: Jets. Wow the jets are technically the hot hand here but i'm going to believe in the bills
0: yeah i'm uh, i'm taking the taking the bills as well i don't think the jets are going to be even with their hall of fame quarterback and their super bowl mvp backup are going to uh, take it falcons at the cowboys this this is interesting the falcons did play really well against the against the saints and they came back to win, and the Cowboys looked lost against the against the Broncos. So
1: yeah, this is uh this is going to be a tough one. But I do remember, I think it was Jerry Jones saying that he thought they went into that game against the Broncos a little too overconfident. Yeah, and I think that team needed that loss to just sort of readjust themselves. So I'm going to go with Cowboys here. I mean,
0: when you come back from a game where like was it your backup quarterback who'd like never done anything in his career before plays as well as he did the week before you're thinking, all right, well, we'll we're good enough. And then, uh, and I believe they deliberately, I mean, Dak could have probably played in that game too, but they just rested him and to bring Dak back and he's in too many sleep number commercials. So, um, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'm taking the Falcons.
1: All right. But how about Cordero Patterson, though?
0: That guy is a, wherever he goes, he's always done well. He's done well in Minnesota. He's done well in New England. He's done well in Chicago. He's doing well in Atlanta, and he's a very underrated player, which is kind of evident by the amount of teams he's played with. But uh, great guy. Uh, the Jaguars at the Colts. Oh, sorry. Did I skip? Yeah, sorry. Saints and Titans. I
1: think you also skipped uh, Bucks and Washington as well.
0: <laughs> man, all right. Bucks and Washington. <laughs> yeah, Gonna go with the Bucks. Bucks for me too. All right. Uh, we did Falcons at Cowboys, Saints and Titans.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna go with the Saints here. I believe in my man Trevor Simeon.
0: <laughs> I like Simeon, but um, I'm taking the. Um, Taking the Titans. All right. Especially how they went after the Rams the week before.
1: Um, Jaguars and Colts. I'm gonna take the Colts. They've scored a lot of points in the last few weeks.
0: I'm taking the Colts as well. Uh, Lions and Steelers. <laughs>
1: yeah, should I, should I go with the Lions and say they're gonna win their first game?
0: I think you've done that in the past and it hasn't worked out for you. So.
1: Uh, point taken. I'm gonna go Steelers.
0: Uh, Steelers for me as well. Browns and Patriots. Patriots. Uh, Patriots here, too. All right. Vikings at the Chargers. Uh, Justin
1: Herbert. I believe in him. Chargers.
0: Yeah, Chargers for me, too. Uh, Panthers at Cardinals. Cardinals. Cardinals for me, too. How how could one not pick the Cardinals? (laughs) They're winning games without even their star players. That's true. Shows how good of a coaching job that's been done with that team. Uh, where we at? Eagles and Broncos.
1: Gonna go with the Broncos here.
0: Broncos. I mean, that performance against the Cowboys showed that the Broncos are on the right path, and they could make a push for a, a uh, even a division. They could. I mean, that division's tight, but they could still make a push for it, at least a wild card. Uh, Seahawks and Packers.
1: This is this is one in which I think Aaron Rodgers still has a chance that he might miss it. Right.
0: He officially cannot come back to the team until Saturday.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That's when his 10-day window clears, and he has to pass two negative COVID tests to be activated for that. But um, And it's Russell Wilson's first game, but Wilson gets to practice all week and stuff, and Rodgers will be... Not practicing. But it's a home game, so there's no travelling involved. But I I'm taking the Seahawks. I don't know if that influences your No,
1: I'm I also had the Seahawks already here. I'm Alright, gonna take. Cool.
0: <laughs> Again, I can't pick the Packers. I mean I can if I if it's a really obvious game, but in a situation like this I think that the Seahawks are a better team. Um, Chiefs at Raiders. I'm gonna go
1: with the Raiders here.
0: I'm going with the Raiders too the really? Chiefs, Chiefs. have been too inconsistent, man. Um All right. They're not what they have been the past couple of years, so we shall see. And closing off Monday night, Rams at 49ers. Rams. Rams.
1: All right. Well, I think y- <laughs> I think you made a lot of picks that I wasn't expecting you to make. This is interesting. Well,
0: we shall see where this puts us at the end of uh, at the end of the week when we do the totals up again uh, for next week's show. But uh, I think that does it. This is uh this was a pretty eventful show. So. Thank you all for listening to the By the Laces. We'll be back next week with another episode. If anyone has missed any part of the live recording of the show, the episode will still be up in its podcast form soon, as it has been for months. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us at BillMalek15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and enjoy another week of football. What if
1: Josh Allen and Josh Allen both named their sons Josh Allen and Josh Allen Jr. and Josh Allen Jr. play against each other? mind-boggling.
0: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Deal.